You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like a young child delving under their bed to find a monster. This week I had comedian John Luke Roberts. We chatted about his amazing moustache, monsters, and writing for TV versus writing for stand-up. Enjoy. It's time for Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. Now, my special guest is in the studio, but I'm not going to let you hear him yet. I might let you hear one word of his. Should we Should we try one word? Just say hello. Hello. Oh my gosh, so exciting. Uh, John Luke Roberts is in the studio. He's a writer. He's Gollier trained. He's an actor and comedian. He's written and performed a wi- on a wide range of TV and radio shows, including Have I Got News For You, Newsoids, and Nevermind the Boscocks. And his Soho Theatre run is on at the moment. We're going to be talking all about that and how he builds a monster very shortly. Don't forget, if you have any questions that you'd like me to ask John Luke Roberts, you can tweet me at Samantha Baines, B A I. N-E-S, and at Hoxton Radio as well. We're also on Facebook, and we might remember to do a Facebook Live today. Baines Plus One. You are listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and my special guest, John Luke Roberts. Hello, hello. Here he is. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've shared I'm, I'm shared photos of your moustache already. <laughs> I know, but I mean, without my consent, I may say. Just <laughs> I'm sorry. A, well, just, I showed you. I know. Yeah, you, you showed me, but I wasn't sure it was. Uh, I thought this was for your private collection, not to share <laughs> on the internet. Oh yeah, both. A little bit of both. Um, how are you? What have you been up to? Um, I am very well. I've been doing my show in the Soho Theatre for the last couple of days and have managed to avoid a hangover today, and I don't know how. So it what made, were you it, drinking? Well, I, just, I was just drinking for a while after the show. <laughs> just a while. I mean, there was nothing in particular. But was it clear spirits? Because that's meant to not give you a hangover. It was not clear spirits. <laughs> it was not clear spirits. I can't, I mean, I think it was largely beer. Okay. A few spirits, but the kind of... Uh, oh, lots of mixing. I just, it was, I haven't, I, I, I'd taken several days off drinking and then, you know, and then I... I may, oh, this is not how I should introduce myself, is it? I've come across as some horrible lush. Okay, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the hungover John Luke Roberts. No, no you're, you're welcome in whatever state you are. It may hit me halfway through the show. That's, that's sort of what I'm you're warning you. are warning us. Yeah, that I might still be drunk. Who knows? Thank There's you. always that chance. Okay, well, now is probably a good time to do the quick fire round. Yes, then, great. No. While you're still alert. Yes. Um, have you ever been in a quick fire situation previously? Um, no, please explain to me exactly what this means. <laughs> I am going to give you two options. Mm. And you need to say which one you prefer. So, like, A or B. B. There you go. Great. And we're going to do it quickly, and I'm going to give you intense eyes okay. to make it all the more exciting. John Luke Roberts, are you ready for your quick fire round? I'm not, but let's go for it. The quick fire round. North or south? South. City or country? Um, the city, please. Half full or half empty? Um, half full, thank you. Edinburgh or London? Uh, London most of the time. Edinburgh one month a year for some reason I've not yet come up Books with or movies? Uh, books, books, please. TV or radio? TV and radio. Have I got news for you or never mind the buzzcocks? Have I got news for you because it's still on. <laughs> <laughs> TV or radio? I'm going to make you answer. Oh, uh, um, TV. Comedy or acting? Uh, comedy. Wine or beer? Uh, beer. <laughs> Monsters or aliens? Oh, monsters. Cats or dogs? Uh, d- uh, dog cats. <laughs> that is not a proper not... answer. You have to pick okay, one. L- small dogs. Vampires. Small dogs, dogs that are like cats. <laughs> vampires or werewolves? Or vampires, obviously. Marmite? Do you love it or do you hate it? I really like Marmite. Adventurous or cautious? Uh, yeah, cautious. Brexit? Is it good or bad? Oh, it's just stupid. <laughs> 
You passed. Yay. 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 Did you find it stressful? You seem like you were really relaxed. No, I was fine with it until you uh, you made me expose my liberal elitism at the end of the uh, the end of the thing. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I Sneak up in there after all the questions about werewolves and vampires. <laughs> Our political climate, what do you think? Oh, Sci-fi no. stuff. Yeah. Society. Okay, so you have a little bit longer with these questions. Oh, there's more of them. There's more, but it's oh, so this more is kind relaxed. Of a moderate fire round. Yeah. Okay. These are the questions we ask everyone. It's interesting to find out a little bit about you. Great. What's your biggest guilty pleasure? Oh, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Lovely. I think if it's a pleasure, it's a pleasure. I don't, you know. So I, you don't have any? Well, no, like I listen, like if you're talking about something like, you know, what you'd call trashy pop music, I, I enjoy that, but I see no reason not to, I see no reason to have any guilt or shame about it. <laughs> So, oh, what, but I mean, my, what's uh, your biggest pleasure that other people might feel guilty about? I uh, maybe that people I started don't know buying about. an awful lot of bath bombs. <gasps> Lovely, uh, just too many. I, I'm from uh, anywhere in particular. I, from from Lush. From Lush. From Lush. I thought it sounded Lush. Yeah. Do you get the ones with glitter in? Uh, I've got well, I've got one of them at the moment. <laughs> I haven't used it yet. I'm sort of. Uh, but it's a, it's, I can tell because there's no glitter in your moustache. <laughs> I don't. I, no, I I put a little shower cap on my moustache when I have a bath to make sure it doesn't get wet. Okay, it's not true. But uh, <laughs> I imagine one of those, you know, anti-pollution masks. Yeah, just wearing you, that you in the bath. Your, yeah. yeah. Um, I it's uh, I've got a lavender one with glitter in, so it's oh. a pretty. But it's a bit odd because it's lavender, which means it's pre-bedtime, obviously. Yeah. Um, put your sleep. Sort of, uh, but I I don't want to fill my bed with glitter. So there's no time when it's appropriate to... Yeah, it's kind of relaxing yet stressful afterwards mm. because glitter goes everywhere. It's true. They call it the herpes of burlesque. <laughs> do they? Yeah, they do. Wow. Well, in the, in the it never in goes the, away. In the cabaret community, that's what I've heard. Yeah, it, well, just and it passes around. You, if you can't kiss with it. Well, no, no, but if, <laughs> I think if, you, uh, if there's somebody who... You, people know if you've uh, shared a bed with somebody who wears glitter yes. because the glitter travels. But do people know if you've got sexually transmitted herpes? Well, I'm really I, I mean, pulling apart this metaphor. Okay, well, <laughs> Just, I, I think it's mainly... It's fine. The, it's ma- right, the metaphor, let's no, no, let's stick with it. We're sticking with it. You, <laughs> it's more the fact that it does spread yes. than that it's noticeably okay. spread. It means that you can, you could, if you, if you wanted to... Instead of using um, scientific tests, just yes. by looking at the glitter, uh, if people were willing to show you their cells, you could find out where that originated. Wow. Like Sherlock Holmes. You I remember the that. glitter? You remember the glitter story? No. Yeah, a, stu- a study in glitter. It was the, the Sherlock Holmes in the burlesque community of the 1890s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. lovely. It was very raunchy, actually. It was... It was no, no wonder they're adapted often. Watson looked great in that one, in that little one piece yeah, with really the is, suspenders. Yeah. Uh, any secret habits or talents? Um, no, I, no. Right, okay. I again reject the terms. <laughs> if I have a, a talent, there's, I'm you're <laughs> damn sure I'm going to show it off. I'm not going to hide it. What's the point? But it might not be a talent that is sort of welcomed in everyday life. Okay, um, I can ride a unicycle. Okay, so, there we go. Yeah. That is a talent that is not necessarily welcome in every day. Found a way to make it to do, do it. It, it's, it comes does, with baggage, I guess. Right? Does it feature in your? You know solo what? Show. It doesn't, but it really should. There I think, you go. Because I play a huge, like a, a massive monster, you mm. know, and he would look really good on a unicycle. There we go. Ah, oh, I've missed a trick. Well, just pop it in. Well, it's in. Keep it's yourself at my mom's house. busy. I'd have to get a train up to Newcastle. Okay, we'll workshop that. Okay. What um? What makes you angry? Um, oh, I'm just I'm, I get very angry by a lot people who I can don't, see the anger. This, I, who don't let people off the train before boarding. Yes, I cannot 
but I can't bear that. People who... St- it's all, actually, transport-related. People who just get off the end of an escalator and then stand there... I, I, I can't do that. People who mingle and chat in thoroughfares mm. instead of just finding a nice little place off that. that those, those things okay. all make me very angry. Very clear. Yeah. <laughs> transport-related. Oh, and uh, injustice. I'm glad you threw that. <laughs> that was kind of the world I, piece of yeah. The I thought I better oh, hang on. I'm not, I'm not coming across that well. Baines plus one. Blondie on Baines plus one. John Luke Roberts is in the studio. Hello. 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 Now you're a Blondie fan. You asked me if this was her, it was going to be her new track. Yeah. I. I well, I thought it was. You said there's Blondie on. I thought, oh, that must be the new one. And then you said, no. Are you are you a Blondie fan? Is she one of your I, I guilty enjoy... pleasures, <laughs> which isn't so guilty? Um, I enjoy Blondie. I saw I saw Blondie at Latitude once. It was Blondie on one stage and Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds on the other, and I had to make the decision which one do I think is going to die soon, sooner. <laughs> oh, and did you decided Blondie? Yeah, I thought the. I mean, it's, it was tricky. It was tricky. I think with the hard living rock lifestyles to really know. Yeah. But both still going strong, obviously. Thank thank God. Thank goodness. Mm. Hopefully we get no notifications during the show. <laughs> um, I, I've only been to Latitude once and I got chicken pox. Oh, no. So, How did you get chicken pox? Yeah, exactly. How? I've had chicken pox before when really? I was younger and I got it again. I didn't even get the adult version of chicken pox, which is shingles. Just got chicken pox. Anyway, your story was nicer. <laughs> well, I mean, mine still had a cold heart to it didn't it yeah there was there was sort of death or disease now uh john luke it's time for your interview proper hooray (laughs) so how did you get into this comedy malarkey um i just i guess i started uh started young and then kept plugging away for years (laughs) my first proper job was probably um in-house comedy writer for bbc radio comedy quite a good first job isn't it yeah it was nice it was but, a lot of fun but you trained mm-hmm. as an actor mm-hmm. and a sort of clown yes with Gollier, yeah. which is a kind of well-known clowning mm-hmm. um is it over in france yeah it's near paris it's south of paris in Eton. so was that was that your first experience or did you No, i came to that quite late actually i've okay. been doing stand-up for and writing for quite a long time and then did a clown course with uh phil burgers uh, dr brown yes and just opened it was like a light bulb being turned on this other way of doing things and this particular relationship you have with an audience which he sets up basically listening to them and when they laugh doing more of what they like and less of what they don't uh, oh, which, which sounds really simple doesn't it yeah but, actually it's, uh, but not necessarily how some stand-ups would approach things no i think with stand-up there's often this uh idea that you've got to have high status you've got to be in charge and control of the room which Mm. sort of means not listening to your audience quite the same way it's giving them what you think they want um but the i love the it's that interplay between the audience's reaction and the performer on stage which i think really make can make things just come alive and a lot of stand-ups do that too yeah um but i came to it through cloud training i guess and so you do do a lot of writing as well. As you said, you wrote in-house uh, for BBC Comedy. Yeah. What was that like? It Did was, you, uh, it was, was it a learning curve? Did you hate it? Did you love it? No, it was great. You just, um, you know, you write on any shows that they were making that they needed gags for. Uh, I, I did it with Gareth Gwynn, who I ended up writing. I, I'm still my writing partner now. Uh, we'd sit in a room. They'd come along uh, and say, we need these jokes. 
we'd write the jokes. It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> you make it sound very straightforward, but it's really? totally not that straight. Really? I don't know. I you actually I could... have to write some funny stuff. Yeah, but I wish I could. <laughs> like, I wish it was um, like those reading comedy biographies about the sixties with somebody running along and banging on the room, saying, "We need a gag quickly now, otherwise uh, round the horn's not going to work." Oh my! What are we going to do? And then pacing all around the room. It wasn't quite that high. It was just these are the topics for the day. Write any, two pages of jokes. Any top tips if you feel stuck? Because you obviously had to write jokes on demand. Yeah. Did you have any like methods if you get a bit stuck there's when one, you're writing? There's a joke? one really simple one which I've started using now. Yeah. Um, I read a so I read a book called The Interrogative Mode, which is a novel, but is all written in questions. So that it's just you're the, you reading it. You're constantly being questioned with these weird little things. Okay. And then I thought, oh, I, I wonder what would happen if I just sit down and write questions. And actually, sitting down, what I do every morning, I sit down with numbers one to ten on a page, and just write ten jokes or ideas. But thinking in questions. Yeah. really suddenly opens the head up and you, you find things much more easily. I don't know why it is, but you, you gets you in a better disposition if you if you think of a question to write rather than a joke, and then you'll often find that the question turns into a joke. Okay, so so say, I'm not going to make you try and come <laughs> up with a joke, but just to explain the process, so say I said to you write a joke about the amount of sugar in fizzy drinks. Right, yes. So what sort of question... Um, why why would you want to... Why Why do you pay... Why? Well, the question that jumps to mind, the sort of first proposition would be, why is it that you have to pay more often for drinks with less nutritional value because it doesn't have sugar in? You'll have no okay. calories and yet it'll be the same price as it had loads. Why is that? And then you could travel from there and 10 minutes later you might have a joke. Okay, so so you could do something like, how would you remove sugar from yeah. fizzy drinks? Yeah. And then you could come up with some silly mm-hmm. ways of doing that and that might be funny. Yeah. Oh, very good tip. And now you've also written your own sitcom. You've written for lots of TV and film and you write your own shows. Yeah. Do you think you have to have different writing hats on for each of those different things? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like if you're writing a sitcom, the the biggest job there is actually is, is cracking the... The structure. There's so much work you have to do before you even sit down and write. Mm. Of you know, you have to make sure that your sort of key characters. There's one useful thing, which is any combination. If you've got you know a team of four at the front of it, who are the main characters, or five, or whatever, any combination of two of them ought to have a funny dynamic to it. So you have to work out their personalities and how each separate interaction would be comic. And then uh, yeah, and then every episode. It's it's breaking that plot. It's it's sitting down, making sure the plot all falls into place before you sit down and then actually write the characters through. And then actually, once you've done all the work, the structuring, um, it's quite quick to write the episode. But writing my live stuff, I do I do on stage a lot, and I think that comes from the clowning. That I'll have ideas and bits and pieces, but I'll go out in front of an audience and then see what happens and often the stuff you haven't planned turns into the stuff which stays yeah. in the show at the end yeah. <laughs> the throwaway bit yeah the segue between two <laughs> two jokes you think are brilliant turns out they're not but the segue they <laughs> love the segue <laughs> too true from life um, but so you wrote your own sitcom Bull yeah with, uh, uh, with Gareth my which starred Robert Lindsay and Maureen Lipman yeah. um, on UK TV on Gold, Gold yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what was it? What was that like to kind of, I guess, see something you've written? Because, because uh, as a performer, you write it and then you perform it, and you're kind of so involved in it. Mm-hmm. But to then write something and then watch it back on the teller, uh, I, yeah, I, I loved to, it. It was um, very satisfying. I think we're like very grateful to. There wasn't much interference. We basically got the script we wanted 
through mm. all the time, which I think is maybe <laughs> not an experience that will be repeated often because I think there's an awful lot of tinkering most of the time. Yeah. But it's great. It's lovely to watch it. We were there. We were sort of in the studio all the time so that to twiddle bits and change bits and the rest of it. But that's uh, really satisfying. So were you those annoying writers that are like, actually, you're no, not no, saying no, that properly? No, Maureen? No, no. no we, were those anno- <laughs> we were those annoyed writers who would sit there and they'd come and say, can we change this to this? And we go, okay. And we'd come up with an alternative. Actually, no, I'm the grouchy face of the writing okay. uh, duo. So Gareth gets to, he's very smiley and very upbeat <laughs> and very Welsh. And so he's sort of, he, he's the... He's the people person. <laughs> he he deals with all the all of that stuff. And you're the brooding moustache. I'm, yeah, I'm the mysterious. Uh, maybe not that mysterious. It's hard to be mysterious than the moustache, unless you've got a really long one. Which are you joking? I think moustaches are the most mysterious thing. Really? Yeah. Do you think you mean it's mysterious why you'd have a moustache? No, because I don't know what your upper lip looks like. Mm. That's super mysterious. Yeah, I guess. And I'll never find out unless you fall asleep near me and, and I shave it off. Peer, right. But surely by that reckoning... <laughs> peer underneath. But a beard then is more mysterious, isn't it? Because that hides more of the face. Yeah, but that's like boldly mysterious. Oh, okay. It's like I'm hiding half my face, whereas a moustache is like, am I hiding it? You don't know what's on uh, Right, there. I see, yeah, yeah. I might be crazy, but I don't I agree think with you. But I, I would fight to the death for your right to say <laughs> okay, it. Okay, thank you. Um, now we should talk about your new show at the Soho Theatre. Yes, hooray! So you, you've done a lot of our shows before. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're a veteran <laughs> of our <laughs> shows. How many have you done? I don't know, five or six. Five, I think. Yeah. And done the Edinburgh Fringe and yeah, yeah. all that jazz. Yeah. What is there? Is there one bit of advice you'd give anyone thinking of? creating their own show or currently writing their new show that they're going to be doing in Edinburgh? The Maybe this is a question for myself. <laughs> <laughs> any, any top tips or things <coughs> you've kind of learned over... Um, the first big thing I learned was how surprisingly easy it is to be on stage for an hour and keep a show going. Okay, even... stop showing off. <laughs> no, no, but you know, I like, before you even... Before you... The, the, you know that the, the process of putting together a new hour is kind of arduous and kind of scary when you start yeah. and you've got nothing or you've got a few routines and you don't really know how they fit together in the show mm. that's the terrifying but the first time I was on stage for 55 minutes with notes and bits and pieces for my first ever solo show and this was I don't know eight years ago or whatever um you suddenly realize you can keep that going and you can keep an audience entertained even though you haven't got everything specifically pinned down mm. and then the process of building a show is always just making sure you you're trying things out and you're asking the questions you need to to find out what the show is going to look like eventually but you're keeping the show going while you're doing it so you're entertaining the crowd even when you haven't got the the final finished like perfect thing you can just keep it going you keep the ball in the air and it's just being aware of where they are and what you're doing that's i think that whatever advice i've just given is the advice that i think that i, <laughs> I think have. that takes a talented performer though to keep you know even when you don't know what's going on to keep an audience entertained i'm think, giving you a compliment well thank you okay. very much but actually i think it's just it's a sort of it's just a disposition it's just a choice to go okay i'm going to stick here and do this and and I, I i think that the first time you kind of go through that it's quite scary but the realization at the end of oh actually this is a perfectly possible thing to do is a great relief and then makes everything much easier that comes after so how do you start with a new show because you obviously trained in clowning you're a writer as well where do you start with something physical do you start with an idea do you start writing Uh, it depends i've had some so 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I write, I fill notebooks with ideas, most of which are awful, obviously, but two or three out of ten <laughs> maybe will be okay, and then you can work from there. I go on stage much earlier than it's ready. Uh, with this show, I had a kind of character from another show who I managed to change into this one, who's uh, this vampire who wears a business suit and he's, it's full of balloons. He's huge, this huge kind of overweight vampire with a cape thing, uh, with a thick well, uh, Scouse accent. blood is very calorific. I know. Black pudding, I mean, Absolutely, yeah, nothing but black pudding all day. <laughs> uh, and he, um, so I'd go on stage as him with a few jokes uh, and then just play around and see what happens and, and write it from there. And then for me, the structure sort of comes later when you're putting a show together. Completely opposite of writing a script for a sitcom or something. Mm. You find the structure as you're you're working it through because really the most important thing is finding out what an audience finds fun. Bane plus one. You are listening to Bane's Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and Me, John Luke Roberts. Oh, you got your clean cue. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get mine, but you yeah, I can pick up basic social cues. Yeah, I pointed at you. Some people can't. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's your glue training. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now it's time for the Baines Plus One game with John Luke Roberts, which is I will give you different events that you can bring a plus one to, as you're my plus one today. Fantastic. And you can select which plus one you'd like to bring back through history, celebrities, mm. your best friends, whoever you like. Okay. Are you ready? I am. Let's do it. It's the Baines Plus One game. Who would you bring as your plus one to your first ever solo show? My first ever solo show? Yeah, you Hang can on, change so it from going, the person that you... Would I be going and watching my first ever solo show? You know, you'd be doing it, but you were allowed but to I'm bring also, a plus one. No, I'm right. I decided. I am watching it. I'm in okay. it, which means I time travel. <laughs> okay, just change the I rules. Would, I, I would bring... You're Doctor Who and you, you've time traveled back. So, yeah, I'm to going to see my solo show. show. I would bring... Um, old, I'd bring another me from the more okay. distant future so that we could watch it and reminisce differently. Because I'd be able to reminisce about the show yeah. and he'd be able to reminisce about going to the show that he like being me. And how great your hair looked back then yeah, and, and stuff. Uh, yeah, although I, there's no male pattern baldness in my family, so I should be fine. But we'd be, um, that I, yeah, that would be fun. But of course, we couldn't really, it really pissed me off in the first performance of my solo show that me from the future and me from the distant future yeah. chatting during it. So I think we'd, we'd fall out by the end. It might put you off. Yeah. And then it would change the course of history. Yeah. Which you have to be careful with the time travel. Yeah. Well, maybe if, it, if, if it's a block universe, then it's already happened. Yeah, great. Um, who would you bring as your plus one to your funeral? I'd bring me from the <laughs> past. From No, I, I can't just bring myself to all of these. Can no. I? Who would I bring as a plus one to my funeral? Yeah. Um, I would... Uh, what, right. I'm going to imagine I've died from um, something uh, I could have avoided, like running with scissors. Okay. Or, you know, oh. swinging on the back two legs of a chair. You know, the things yes. you're not meant to do. That your mum tells you, all the things that your mum tells you off about doing. Yeah, so I'd bring my um, five-year-old son to uh, my funeral as a warning so that he knows wow. to look after himself in the future. That is a very harsh warning. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's too much. Well, I don't know. I mean, know. presumably gonna... he'd be there anyway. Well, it depends when I... I mean, I'm hoping I... I mean, how old am I when I die? I don't, I don't have know. a son yet, so if it's... I'm thinking tomorrow. Tomorrow? Oh, well then, well, he's definitely not going to be there, unless they're not going to hold a funeral for... <laughs> for well, I mean, I'd, have to, I'd have to impregnate someone before tomorrow. Yeah. So that would be five, uh, six years from now. 
Can you hold a... Yeah, I mean, just just storing the corpse would be hard enough. <laughs> if it was tomorrow, who would you bring? If it was tomorrow, my funeral was tomorrow, who would I bring to the you've funeral? You've got to do it last minute. I, I'll, I'll contact them for you. Oh, well, I just want somebody who's really good at crying. Because, okay. I, you know, I want, I want the occasion to be suitably... I want wailing. I oh. want people really, really, really upset. Maybe someone from EastEnders. Maybe somebody from... No. <laughs> I think. Who would I go for? They're great at crying. Who's though. good at? Who, who, who's, a, but who's a really good crier, like a moving crier? Olivia Coleman. Yes, I go in for in Broadchurch. I would have Olivia Coleman stand there and just silently one tear fall down yes. her cheek. Yes. It's going to be hard to befriend her before tomorrow. I, and I also know some on the people. grounds that oh, I'm, by the way, I'm going to die, so we've got to get this friendship quickly so that you'll <laughs> you'll cry here. Or, or am I? Is she just a? They will just hire her. I haven't thought this through. Um, who would you bring as your plus one to an open day at Gaulier? <laughs> I'm trying to say it in sort of a French accent now. Um, who would I bring as a plus one to an open day? I'd bring... Um, to a I, clowning school. Yeah, I'd bring, uh, I'd bring Tim, uh, um, Tim Curry uh, in okay. character as um, Pennywise from It. I'd bring a terrifying <laughs> clown just to show him what he's meant to be doing okay. and to stop with all that <laughs> naughtiness. And probably to scare anyone else off actually learning to be a clown. I'd put him in a costume so they wouldn't notice him. I'd just say, look, watch this. You see? You're meant to be like that. So a bit like sort of, you know, the ghost of the future from Scrooge. <laughs> what, uh, like yeah. showing him. Yeah, I would take Pennywise to... Uh, to clowning past, clowning present, and clowning future, to show him that he's really got he's really got the ropes wrong. <laughs> There's a real theme here. Who would you bring as your plus one to the Baftas? Plus one to the Baftas. Mm, when you're nominated, um, I would bring. Um, who I bring as plus one to the Baftas? Well, I'd, I'd bring. I'd There's bring, red carpet. You need to have some nice photos. Bear that in mind. I'd bring my mum. Oh, that's nice. She'd probably like it. Is she supportive of you and your career, or has she been like, mm, no, maybe she's, no, find she's very a new supportive job. of me in my, in my career. Very supportive. Oh. isn't it? Yeah. I don't have that. That's not my, that's not my beef with my parents. I don't have the old... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you be a lawyer? Oh, you I just have, have, have a that. functioning no, relationship. A... Yeah, it's great. Follow your dreams. Why are you a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> and who would you bring as your plus one to the Last Supper? The Jesus one. You know who I'd bring? Who? I'd bring the Prophet Muhammad just to stir <laughs> shit up. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Just just to create havoc. Just to, like, just to add a little bit of tension to it. Also, he might have been there because he certainly wouldn't be in the pictures. <laughs> okay, great. Um, that's the plus one game. Uh, we still need to talk a bit more about your Soho Theatre show and you've written a poem for me, haven't you? Oh, yes, I have. Plus one. This is Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines. And me, John Luke Roberts. Oh, so good. We're also now on Facebook Live. So I wanted everyone to see your really mysterious moustache. Because yes. we are asking the question on Twitter, in your honour, John mm -hmm. Luke Roberts, are moustaches mysterious? Real big, important question. Yeah. <laughs> you can vote in our Twitter poll, at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S. If you want to check us out on Facebook Live and check out that mysterious moustache, which I believe is super mysterious. I just... Doing a close-up now. Facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines. I think that even if moustaches are mysterious, <laughs> mysterious is not the main... That's not the, the thing inherent to the moustache. There's well, other hairy things. Is hairy is first. Yeah, hairy is first. And mysterious is close second really? yeah 
hairy. Also. Nose-based. Or, or near, a, hairy, near a nose, um, near a lip. Uh, yeah, but those are just obvious. Wide. Wide. Well, no, some are small. I know, but we don't do them anymore, do we? So they've been, uh, <laughs> they've been ruined by okay. association. Yes. <laughs> um, because you were telling me some great facts about your nose. Before we talk uh, about your stereo theatre show, yeah. you've had a nose job. Well, I had, I bro- I, my nose was broken when I was a kid, and so I got it realigned. Um, in an operation I later saw on television, one of those plastic surgery live things, and I, it, they chisel you, they hit a bloody chisel into your nose. I'm not, it's not bloody when they start. But you they, didn't see yourself. No, in an operation. I'm sure I should have uh, had to sign a release form if that was the case. <laughs> no, it's horrible. So you had, so so your moustache is like up your nose now. My, so it's my, extra mysterious. We don't know where it starts. A, oh, my moustache starts from slightly higher up my nostril than most moustaches would. Can we get a, cl- a close No, we cannot. Look We're not that. doing this. This is not, it's not, I'm not, I'm, I'm prepared for this. <laughs> this is... Okay, let's talk about your Soho Theatre show. Yes, hooray. Hooray. Uh, what's it called? Um, it's called? When's it on? What's it about? It's called John Luke Roberts Builds a Monster. It's on tonight and the next two nights at 9pm at the Soho Theatre. That's until the 13th of May. Absolutely. Uh, Saturday. By another name. <laughs> uh, and I play a huge figment from a nightmare, who's a sort of vampire um, with, a, with, with squid fingers, uh, who is very, very big in a suit made of balloons. And he's turned up um, because John Luke Roberts hasn't been able to make it to the show. And so this figment from a nightmare has to try and do a comedy show for an hour. Does he have a moustache? Uh, yes, he looks very similar to me. But he's also, he? he's got a beard as well. Oh, extra yeah, mystery. Yeah, so they don't know it's me. Um, so would you call it clowning? It's clowny, clowny. It's clowny. There's loads of jokes in it. There's about 70 jokes. And uh, it's kind of, <laughs> I've counted. counted. It's sort of, it's character clowning comedy. It's very silly. I've tried to make the weirdest show I could while still making it perfectly funny <laughs> it's got lots of it's yeah it's it's there's lots of proper punchlines which i think is surprising because when a man walks in a costume like that you think well he's, he's not got the not the writing to back this up that's obvious <laughs> but uh no it's um it's and have you done this show in lots of other places i did it in uh i did it in edinburgh last year uh, i did it for a couple of weeks in adelaide when i was out there doing a play and uh yeah this is probably the last run out of it i did it in a haunted oh. uh, haunted cellar in <gasps> um in wales at the comedy festival there recently which was uh Great fun. Were there any ghosts? Um, I kept on thinking I'd see one, actually, because I did it just lighting myself with a torch and uh, then lighting audiences' faces and and predicting how they'll die. Um, And uh, I I kept, like, in in the back of my mind, thought, I'm going to illuminate the face of a dead Victorian child, aren't I? But I didn't. I didn't happily. I did. But it was, was, that was fun. You wouldn't want to be upstage by a ghost. No, but it's inevitable, isn't it? If a ghost appears during my show, then I know that people are watching that, not me. I once had a moth fly in the middle of my show really? and just keep hitting the light, and it was I, oh. it upstaged me completely. And then we just had a chat about a moth for about ten minutes. Well, that's good. Um, have any have any weird things happened during this tour? Because you're about to lay the show to rest. Are yeah. there any? Um, uh, it's quite well. It's a different show each night because there's quite a lot of. Uh, uh, it's quite a lot of improv sort of in the middle of it. I'm not quite in control because I'm in this enormous 
like business suit filled with balloons. So I'm not completely in control of anything that's happening and bits fall off and I have to get them put back on again. And have they ever popped in they difficult pop, positions? They, they pop quite often. You get used to it, though. You, <laughs> luckily, I haven't developed a fetish, otherwise the show would be very, very hard to do. Uh, but it's... Uh, you know, it's it's. Um, I'm constantly on the edge of my seat, and I'm in it. Um, <laughs> How many balloons have you got through throughout the run? Oh, I think it's about there's about twenty five. I think in the costume. Um, I haven't counted because I, when I can, I save them so that I can reuse them the next day and I don't have to blow That's up new balloons. Great recycling. Also, just blowing up twenty five balloons before every gig gets a bit tiresome. Yeah, mm. I mean, definitely get one of those pumps. It's probably People too late now. This and yeah, I'm finishing it on Saturday, so I think that's out the water. So, how many shows do you think you've done? Of this? Yeah. Uh, 50. 50 times 25. Anyone good at maths? Quite a lot. Times two. 100. 1,250. 1,250. 1, 1,250 balloons. But I did say I reused the balloons, so it's not that. It's fewer so than minus. <laughs> Let's do the full equation of the balloons in your show. Okay, if anyone wants to, anyone wants to, like to hazard a guess. Yeah, I mean, put them in the comments below the Facebook Live yeah, video, no, uh, <laughs> and everyone no else prize. who should... hasn't watched it will be very confused. Also, anyone who comes on Saturday, you can have a free balloon if you like, because <gasps> I don't need them. Because it's going to be the last show. They will be sweaty. They will be sweaty balloons, which also I think would be my drag name. <laughs> Sweaty, Sweaty balloons. balloons. Yeah. It's next year's show. Yeah, yeah, could be. Um, it sounds very exciting. It's on until Saturday, the 13th of until May Saturday, yeah. at the Soho Theatre. Definitely check it out. Uh, John Luke Roberts is staying with me and we're going to do some poems. Baines plus one. It's Baines plus one with me, Samantha Baines, and John Luke Roberts, who needs to sneeze. Oh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Oh, I hate, there's nothing I dislike more. That makes me angry. If you ask me that Does question it? now, I'd say when I can't sneeze, but I really want to. You even look to the light to try. Have you? There's a bit of your eyebrow that you can itch to try and make you sneeze. That try true? that. Is that is this... like, just like no, no in. Come from the nose, like a, a few centimeters in, an itch. I don't think that... he's doing it now. Is this? <laughs> Is this just me or does this work for everyone? <laughs> I don't know. I think it works for most people. Mm. Well, if you need to sneeze during the show, don't worry. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, that's not... It's not professional. That's not the point. Of course I'm going to... It's the point. problem is I can't sneeze now. I, 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 I will really want to sneeze and I can't. <laughs> okay. So well, you just, you've hurt my feelings. I'm sorry. Um, it's time for Poem of the Week. Now, you've written me a poem, haven't you? Yes. Because we've heard that you are successful writer not only of your own shows of a sitcom called bull with maureen lipman and uh you wrote in-house for bbc comedy have you ever written a poem before yes <laughs> where how when um well i went through my angst-ridden teenage years oh, like anyone else didn't I? yes yeah did you have a little book of poetry i am um, I, I think i'd scribble them down every now and then about your feelings and emotion. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I, I bet I stuck a few punchlines in there just to... just to <laughs> Change you know, things up a yeah, bit. Yeah, just to lighten the load. In that way, they will differ from my poem, <laughs> which has no comedy merit. Anyway, uh, we are, we're going to read our poems. Uh, so uh, let's, um, let's get the poetry music on board. Poem of the week on Baines Plus One. Do you like the poetry music? It's lovely. Does it's it make it, you it feel? It reminds me of... Um, uh, uh, heart, heart, um, heart, the old, um, what was it? You know, heart attack. Art, not heart attack, the other one, the, um, like Tony Hart, his, his, like, let's go to the gallery. <laughs> okay. And then you'd, you'd, uh, this is by Jessica, Jessica yes. Phillips, 11. 
What a lovely little picture of a horse. That kind of thing. <laughs> that, that's essentially what this segment is. Yeah, it's hard to do on radio, this I guess. This is um, comedy poetry by two grown adults. Um, <laughs> so I'll go first because you're going to headline the poetry section. So my poem is called Fruity Art and it's based on a news story this week which I'll be chatting about later. Here we go. Fruity Art. Is a piece of fruit a work of art? I'm sure heavenly believers have knowledge to impart, but I'm talking in an art gallery framed and catalogued for all to see. Two Scottish students put this to the test. You know, for fun, bit of a jest. King of the fruits, pineapples are clearly the best. They even have a crown, a sort of leaf nest. They are a bit scaly, like everyone's favourite mermaid, and they are the only fruit which gets laid. On pizza, to give you a Hawaiian feel, which as a concept is quite surreal. The students pop their own pineapple on a plinth that was spare. The fun students have at an art gallery, eh? What a pair. To their amusement, a few days later, on their return, the pineapple remained, this time surrounded by a glass box, beautifully framed. Staff had mistaken it for a bona fide piece of art. It is quite funny. Bet they felt quite smart. And I'm sure their parents are very proud. A contribution to art to shout aloud. If you think about it, they the day they did seize. Although I'm not sure if that merits £9,000 in university fees. <laughs> That's my poem of the week. (laughs) Oh, that! Oh, thank you for all the claps in the studio. Thank you. Um, So, John, are you ready for your poem? Are you doing snaps? Well, the beatniks—they'd click, wouldn't they, when it with a poem? Oh, would they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I. All that reminds me of is the film Legally Blonde, where they do snaps. Uh, Have you seen it? No, it just shows different points of reference. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, do you have a title for your poem? Uh, Yeah, it's a mnemonic to remember the wives of Henry VIII if he were immortal. Lovely. Here we go. Divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, died. Died, died, died. Divorced, two-headed, drowned. Defenestrated, combusted, dissolved. Divorced, ignored, lost. Die, 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 divorced, divorced, sad. Elizabeth Taylor divorced, Elizabeth Taylor divorced, Elizabeth Taylor divorced, Elizabeth Taylor divorced. Elizabeth Taylor divorced, 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 separated, separated, divorced, a man. Industrial accident, motoring accident, flu, food poisoning, twisted ankle, mauled to death by a reanimated dinosaur, swallowed by quicksand, Ebola, shot, chopped into tiny little pieces, eaten by a cat, run over by a lorry, abandoned on the moon, gifted to an alien race, ripped apart by a black pole, divorced, 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 a robot, divorced, died, 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 clone Elizabeth Taylor, divorced, clone Elizabeth Taylor, divorced, clone Elizabeth Taylor, divorced, died, 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 clone Henry VIII. Yay! Very good. Thank you. I think there's a real theme to the show, which is death and... Travelling to the future. But isn't that the theme of life? We travel to the future and then we die. Oh, it's so profound and the music just really... (laughs) It's perfect, isn't it? This is the meaning of life, guys, on Bands Plus One. Um, Three people would have died while this song is playing. Oh, my gosh, no. Um, A lot more than that, actually, I'm sure. How many people are dying right now? 
let's not think about it. Have I ruined the vibe? We need to. <laughs> we need to thank you for coming on the show and remind people that your show, where no one dies but you are the undead, yes, um, is on at the Soho Theatre until the thirteenth of May. People should definitely check it out. You're also in another show at the moment. Oh well, yeah. There's a show at the um, Royal Court they're doing called Man Watching, which is a there's a monologue written by an anonymous woman. And um, different men come on every stage and uh, come on every night to the stage and they only get given the monologue then and have to perform it in front of an audience. I've Sight heard about scene. this. It sounds so exciting. I yeah, want to go and see exciting. it. So I'm, I'm doing it on a mystery night. In the oh. next couple. I know the night because it would be really like, they can't spring <laughs> it on me. They just call you and like, quick, yeah. you're meant to like, There's quite there's some like, famous, famous comedians like Nick Frost and, uh, and um, uh, Phil Jupiter, people like that are on the list. So I know that when I walk on stage, people in the audience will go, oh. <laughs> no, they won't. They'll be like, oh, his moustache is so mysterious. No, so what? It, it, okay, at best it will go, uh, oh, well, he's got a nice moustache. Yeah, mysterious. Yeah. Um, so, so okay, so w- are you allowed to tell me when you're on so I can come? Or is it illegal? Uh, well, I can't do it now. I can't do no, it now. No, off air. They've told me not to. I get all the goss. Um, so you're doing that as well. And you're up in Edinburgh this year. Yeah, I'm just starting work on the new show, which is Look On My Works, You Mighty In Despair, All In Caps. <laughs> and it's called that because the fringe guide would not let me put it all in caps. So I had to write all in caps afterwards. Oh, oh we literally They really, they have rules about what you're allowed to do they for some do stupid have rules. reason. You're not allowed to start with a number because I've always done a show that starts with a number. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like sort of had to appeal and then they let me off. Mm. I, 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 I don't know who they're serving, but there we are. Um, and where's that going to be on? Uh, that's going to be on at the Monkey Barrel, uh, which is near the Tron, uh, at 2.20 every day. Brilliant. For the whole of, of August. Yay. And mine's at 3.30, so people could come to yours and, and then, then come to mine. And then nip over to the Pleasance uh, Bunker. Bunker One. To see, Bunker One, to see you at 3.30. Yeah, they could Talk they could about the lost women of science. I think it's good pairing. Yeah. I have some capitals in my show too. Well, that's, that's good. <laughs> Paris, no. Okay. Um, John Luke Roberts, thank you so much for coming into the studio. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a, it's been a real delight. It's been lovely. Definitely check him out on social media as well. He's on Twitter and I'll, I'll tag you in. It's J. At Luke. J. Luke Roberts. Yeah. Marvellous. The Global News on Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines. It is time for the news on Baines Plus One, the bizarre, the alternative news that we found you from across the globe. Here are the headlines. His and hers. Fruity is in the eye of the beholder. Google is the cat's meow. Those are the headlines. Um, First up, we have his and hers. A girl turned up to her school prom in... A coffin. Megan Flaherty, 17, from New Jersey, of course it's America, arrived at her high school's junior prom on Saturday lying flat in a wooden box and she was driven there in a hearse. (laughs) I mean, normally, I remember when I went to prom and, and you... Well, we called it prom. It's like the Leavers Ball, and you want to book a limo and like arrive in style. I don't know if I would have thought of arriving in a hearse. Megan slid out of the coffin as her stunned classmates looked on. Her date, Stephen Caldwell, who had not arrived in a coffin, took her hand, and the pair walked into the party very much alive. On social media, some people joked that Megan had killed it. 
while others said the student looked drop-dead gorgeous. Megan simply said that she likes being different. That's kind of fair enough, actually. And, you know, she was arriving and making a, a, an impact, wasn't she? You know, everyone would notice that. Megan told local news site NJ.com that her extraordinary entrance was mostly about having fun, but it wasn't totally random either. The teen wants to be a funeral director after college. Following in the footsteps of her family friend, who, wearing a tux and top hat, drove the hearse and the coffin, and drew the coffin from the vehicle. I made sure my prom date was okay with it megan said before adding that she knew she'd cause a bit of a stir after graduation megan plans to attend mercer county communities college funeral service program i mean i as a woman who knows what she wants right she like knows exactly what her career is she can put this on her ucas form <laughs> i don't know if they have ucas in america but she can put it on her application form like i love maybe not I love funerals I want to be a funeral director so much that I arrived in my to my prom in in a coffin there you go uh there's ideas of for making an entrance <laughs> to everyone in the UK if your uh, young one is turning 16 and they they want to make an entrance to the latest party or to their school prom or if you're holding them a sweet 16 why not think about coffins Fruity is in the eye of the beholder. Two students, I wrote my poem about this earlier, two students left a pineapple in the middle of an art exhibition. Uh, Rurari Gray and pal Lloyd Jack decided to plant the one pound fruit, that's quite cheap, which they bought earlier at a local supermarket in uh, Aberdeen's Robert Gordon University as a joke. The pair left the pineapple on an empty white plinth. Around it, genuine works of art had been hung on the walls and put on show elsewhere. When Ruari and Lloyd came back four days later, the food had been proudly put inside a transparent display box. Curators had mistaken it for a piece of art. I saw an empty art display stand and decided to see how long it would stay there or if people could believe it was art, Rurari told the mail. I came in later and it had been put in a glass case. It's the funniest thing that's happened all year. I mean, it is quite funny, you know, putting a pineapple in an art gallery and then mistaking it for a work of art. The funniest thing that's happened all year, though... (laughs) quite the statement do you go and see live comedy i'm just saying natalie kerr a cultural assistant for the university art festival and who organized the display said the situation was a mystery nobody knows who put the pineapple in a box (laughs) so there we go Uh, maybe it's uh, another next piece for tracy emin pineapple in a box as a social comment about the two students who tried to make a pineapple a piece of art Maybe. Maybe I should do it. Finally, Google is the cat's meow. If you use Google Photos, you've probably experienced the app's assistant feature, taking the liberty of creating suggested collages and stories or mini movies out of your pictures. If you're like most people, you normally ignore their suggestions. But if you're a cat lover, you may be getting a suggestion soon that you definitely won't want to ignore. That's because Google may be making you a meow movie. I have cats. They're called Victoria and Albert. They're so cute. I take photos of them all the time. Although I've stopped sharing them on social media because I realise that that's super annoying. Um, Someone said I got a notification on my phone last night. This is writer Courtney Gillette. I wonder if she made the razors. Uh, Courtney Gillette told the Huffington Post in an email it was from it was a notification from my Google Photos app and it said your meow movie is ready. 
and the notification include a happy cat face emoji. She said, basically, it takes all your personal photos of your cats and makes them into a movie. We all love cat videos. There's going to be an influx of new cat videos now on YouTube, isn't there? Because everyone's going to put their personal meow movies up. I mean, it's fine because I love watching them in my spare time. If you ever have, if you're ever procrastinating like I currently am about writing my Edinburgh show, um, or if you, you know, trying to put something off or you just feel a bit down, you know, head over to YouTube and check out some amazing cat videos. I would definitely recommend Cats and Cucumbers. Just search that. For some reason, all cats are scared of cucumbers. Like if you put a cucumber behind a cat, it jumps about four feet in the air. I mean, the poor cat, so it's very funny. Baines plus one. You are listening to Hoxton Radio. It's me, Samantha Baines, and it's been Baines plus one. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you to my special guest, John Luke Roberts. Definitely check out his show at the Soho Theatre, and he'll be up in Edinburgh as well. If you'd like to come and see me live doing comedy uh, you can because I'll be back at the Brighton Fringe Festival the 20th and 21st of May doing my old show One Woman A Dwarf Planet and Two Cocks spelt with an X about Brian Cox and uh, science and being an astronaut and that was my show at last year's Edinburgh Fringe which sold out and got very nice reviews so I'm doing that again at the Brighton Fringe and I'm also doing my brand new show One Woman A High Flyer and A Flat Bottom in Brighton as well as a preview on the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of June and I'll be up in Edinburgh doing it at the Pleasance Courtyard uh, 3.30 every day tickets are now on sale I'll be back next Thursday 12 till 2 of course with another marvellous guest from the world of entertainment to chat comedy and hopefully they'll write me another poem quite as brilliant as John Luke Roberts <laughs> Henry VIII's wives poem that will be going up on my blog you can check it out samantha.bains.wordpress.com and our shows are all on iTunes as podcasts so if you'd like to catch up with any previous episodes just search Bains Plus One on your iTunes app on your laptop iPad or phone and click subscribe it's also available on Acast and SoundCloud if you're not into iTunes as well Bains Plus one. Thanks for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. The show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio and the podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com for more info. Don't forget you can follow me on social medias at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines on Facebook. Please subscribe and leave us a nice review.